Amen. It's such a it's a real privilege to have Dennis C here with um, with us this weekend, and um, <clears throat> he's we were we were trying to remember how this started that we met, and um, actually it was from the trip to Israel that Phyllis and and uh, Phyllis Phyllis and Karen and uh, some of the other girls went on and they met a couple named Rick and Renee and they were connected with some people that did prayer and. Um, uh, a woman named Marsha led a team, and they came, and I forgot about that, and and Dennis came with them, and um, so that's when I, I, I don't know if we hardly met that night, I just can't remember much, but we did get contact information, and um, and I remember driving up to Meadville, I'm not sure where we met originally, but um, but um, we, we really, we've done a lot of things together, actually, he's been one of the uh, best best friends. I've had a couple really close friends in the ministry, and uh, he's definitely uh, one of the absolute closest, and we just can talk about anything. There's no stress when we get together. That, that's a big deal in the ministry, isn't it, Dennis? Like when you, and, and he, the greatest compliment he paid is, um, he was here worshiping last, the other night, um, last night, and um, one of the nights, and he said, I feel home when I come here. When I come here, I just am really free. I only feel it one other place. So he travels a lot. So to say that, like, that's that's really huge. And uh, he's made relationships with several of you. And and uh, he just remembers time goes by and just kind of pick up where we left off. So that's really, really precious. And um, this seems timely that you came here, that we've reconnected and some things. So, yeah, I'm kind of curious yeah, <laughs> see what happens. Yeah, and uh, so come on up. And also, uh, Michael's just been such a wonderful um, guest in our house and uh, very helpful. Real, he's the prayer warrior. He just quietly prays. And uh, so I really appreciate you, Michael, what you've been to us. Yeah, amen. 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 Blessings. Here you go. Let loose. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have it over there. Thanks. <laughs> um, I bring my Bible up, but I've actually been printing it all out so it's a little larger so I can read it. <laughs> I hate admitting that. You know, it's getting, you get older and you can't see things. <laughs> and I just won't wear the glasses yet. I have them. Four pairs. Can't ever find them. You know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I love this couple and I love this family here. And I just could cry right now just how home I feel and how much I love you guys. So I don't know why I'm getting so emotional, but it's just, it is hard to find those places. And this is one of them for me. And we were trying to figure, it's got, gosh, been almost eight years since we've been together, or we think. Well, I mean, there's a few other times we've been together. Yeah, in, Insurrection Day. <laughs> we behaved, honest. <laughs> we were there just as spies. <laughs> of course, I guess you better be careful saying that nowadays, too. <laughs> well, let's pray, and then we're going to jump into some things God gave me. Well, Father, we thank you for this moment in time, God, that you have uh, just orchestrated it, put us together, and, and here we are. We're here to listen, to hear your heart, Father, your voice, what you want to say to us this morning. Lord, I just pray that you would use me, and Lord, that I, I would just, everything I say, Father, would, would uh, just be by your Holy Spirit and not by my flesh, Lord. And I just thank you for your spirit that's in this place and in this family, and we just bless this house in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 
I want to read just a part of a word I had gotten for this year. It's really long. It's on our website. You can look at it uh, from J-Hop. But um, it was interesting because the first song we kind of hung on for so long this morning was about waiting on the Lord. And that's what I was just kind of laughing because uh, <laughs> the message I have this morning is about seasons and the different seasons and how to get through them and what we're doing. And, and it, but it all requires the waiting on the Lord part. And so I want to read this, this little portion. This is the Lord gave me this for this year of, of, of 2023. I hear the Lord saying, stop everything. You've learned to do. You've learned to move things. You've learned to teach. You've learned to speak. You've learned all these things, but you have not learned to wait. In this next season, there's going to be a, a learning how to wait upon me, says the Lord, so that you can mount up with wings as eagles, run and not be weary. You will know how to run you will know, and not be weary, for your strength comes from my spirit, says the Lord. My Holy Spirit is waiting to know you. You've been longing for the Holy Spirit. You just didn't know how and realize that he is who you need. Don't grow weary in well-doing uh, and being busy. Wait upon me, says the Lord. This next season is going to be the, the, a season of the Holy Spirit. And this, it goes, there's a whole lot of other stuff in this word, but that's the part I wanted to read to this, just to start with this morning, because we think we know what seasons of the Holy Spirit look like, and we think we know all these things and all this stuff, but we really don't know anything. <laughs> the, the older I get and the farther I get with the God and in his word, I don't, I don't know anything. I'm just like, here I am, Lord. You know, and it, it just, whatever you want to do. But it's all about, you know, it's all about presence. And we learn how to function and move in his presence when we learn to wait. And it's like, and there's something in the waiting that we miss, you know, and, and we see what the scripture says about mining up with the wings as eagles, running and all this. But there's such a supernatural um, uh, something that takes place in that learning to wait. And you just become solid. You become stable. You become just unmovable in your faith. And it's like, you know, we've been waiting 10 years in, me, in Harrisburg for a building. We've moved, I think, 11 times in 10 years. And now we're on the other side of the river, not even in Harrisburg. And that's frustrating. And God's just saying, will you just shut up? Will you just, did God talk to me else like that? He does me. You know, will you just stop? Stop complaining. Stop this. And, you know, I says, well, I'm trying, Lord, but you said, you said, you know, this is what you said. You know? I was like, this is what your word says. You know, and it's like, but I, he's trying to teach us something in that waiting and, and I started seeing just recently in myself some of the things. It's like there really is a, a, a contentment, a peace, a, a strength, a stability that I've never felt I had before as I learned, learn, am learning to wait. And so, you know, and, and, and the times, and we're gonna, now I want to shift into what I want to talk about this morning. And I just called, I just titled this Seasons. Coming through a season of war, we, I feel like we've been coming through this warfare for I don't know how many years now. Just war, fight, 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 fight. Everything's a fight. Everything, everything we do is a fight. And so I feel like we're, we're really starting to move on the other side of this right now, even though the world's going even more crazy. We're going to be walking in even more peace, and it's going to cause jealousy. It's going to cause anger. They don't. I have people ask me, why are you so happy? Why are you so peaceful? Well, it's Holy Spirit in me. It's God in me. You know, and so we've got to learn how to how to get into that place. So I really felt most of us have been in this season of warfare, um, and uh, so uh, we we search for anything that will encourage us to get us through it, don't we? I do. You know, I'm always looking for something like I don't want to be here. <laughs> you know? But what if we learn to stay there and and the, figure out what season we're in, and actually become victorious in that season? So what I want to do is. 
First of all, you have to understand the season that you're in. Uh, in the natural seasons change, winter, spring, summer, fall. You know, I got so mad here a couple, about a year ago because people kept telling me all the time, oh, we're just in a season. And, and they kept hearing the word season. season. I said, so if one more person says the word season to me, I'm just going to lose it. You know, <laughs> it's like, I'm tired of these seasons. God, can't you just do what you said you do? I, I'm, anybody been there? I'm just being real, okay? <laughs> you know, but um, so Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, for everything there is a season. And we know that scripture. We're familiar with that. And then it goes on in verse 11. It says, God has made everything beautiful in its time. So we might be in an ugly season right now, but it's going to get beautiful. Trust me. Okay. It will be better. All right. So I want to read a few excerpts from an article that I found. I don't know who this person is. Um, uh, their, last, their name is Courtney Richard, uh, and I just thought it was really good, so I want to just read a couple things to you. So the first step in flourishing in any spiritual season is recognizing which one you're in, the dry season. We're going to talk about that first. This is a tough season. You know, when you're in it, it, you know, it's when God is quiet. He's not talking to you. You can't hear his voice. You can't sense his presence. You're like, God, where are you? And uh, I've been there several times throughout my life, you know, and, and it's like, you, you know, your presence doesn't even seem to come. I, it doesn't, I, I can't do anything to make you show up, you know, and it's really, really hard. You know, it seems like God's distance, but suddenly your life experience doesn't line up with what you know to be true about God. If God guides his children, why can't I sense it? You know, do you ever think that? I have. You know, if he cares, what, then why don't I feel it? The key is, uh, the keys in getting through this challenging season, I, this is what I believe it is, is realize, first of all, that you're in it. Press through it. We always hear that word. That one makes me mad, too. Press through it. You know, <laughs> it's like, what do you mean, press through it? You know? So draw close to God, despite how far away he feels. Don't wither up. Continue reading his word. Stay in the word, but you're not feeling it. You're not getting it. It's making no sense. I'm just seeing words on a page. Keep reading it anyway. God's word does not return void. I am seeing more and more Christians. They're jumping. And I see this. I've been, I'm old enough in the Lord now. I've been watching the cycles of this in the body of Christ. The People aren't reading the word. They're not preaching the word. They're not talking. They're, they, they, it's everything but. It's all good works and great help, you know, helps and we'll help you do this, we'll help you do that, we'll teach you how to do this, but the word's not involved in it. And I'm talking a lot of churches, and they wonder why there's no power. I see worship teams with no power at all. They're just, they, they're, there's no presence, there's no relationship with Jesus. But you, when you don't feel him, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. So talk to him, even though he's quiet, because he is there, he is listening, and he hasn't left you. This kind of spiritual dry spell can come after walking through difficulty, spending time in half-heartedness or sin, or simply just getting stuck in a rut. You know, and, and, and these, these, this can bring you into that kind of a season. In this season, it's good to examine your life and check to see if it's where any heart issues or unconfessed sin might be happening. The one I just went through, I mean, I've been walking with the Lord since 1976. April 2nd, 1976, I got saved. And I was like about 14, something like that. And um, I thought I dealt with everything. I've been through deliverance and counseling and everything you could go through to make sure I'm where I need to be. 
and it never fails, something new comes up, <laughs> or it cycles around again, and you get another chance to see whether you got victory or not, and I didn't have victory in a few areas. And so God started dealing with me again. You know, and it's like, it's okay. Don't beat yourself up when you're going through this stuff. His grace and mercy and love and kindness is there for you. It's his goodness that leads us to repentance. So really, this dry season is actually good. It's actually a good place for us to be in. So, you know, don't, don't get frustrated and mad at God. Well, you can. He already knows you are, so just tell him. Confess it. But, but learn to be, you know, at peace in that, in that place and just count it all joy like they say, like the word says. So um, if you discover, you know, that you're in this season, confess to God or some kind of sin or whatever's going on. Just confess it. Get it out. First John 1 John 1.9 says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to, clean, to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Remember these dry seasons, they don't last forever. And this, these newer, younger generations, they have a bad day or two and they commit suicide. They just, I see, get, I, I've, I can't tell you the amounts of suicides I've seen over these last few years. People just keep doing these things because they have no hope. They just give up. They just quit. You can't do that. Just, that's not a way out. That's not, that's not solving a problem. problem. It's creating a whole lot of other problems. But, you know, just, just know it's a season that only lasts for a little while. Keep your faith. Keep trusting him. Keep going to church. People don't go to church anymore. They don't feel like they, you have to go to church. We have every way to teach this, talk about this, make it sound spiritual of why we shouldn't go to church. We need each other more now than we've ever needed each other. It, the Bible's clear about not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. And then everyone tells, well, well, there's two of us meeting together. I, no, don't even go there. I just want to say, yeah, I'm going to behave right now. Anyway, <laughs> and then you wonder why you're struggling with everything under the sun. Because, you know, when I get with you and I start talking to you, I start realizing like, oh, you know, I might be having a conversation with Rick and I'm saying something, telling him something. I'm thinking, oh, wow, that's really bad. You need to repent. You need to change. You know, and then he might say something to me that like, you know, causes some sparks in me. And I may pretend I didn't hit it didn't at all. But now I'm taking it to the Lord because I got to get right. We need each other to make sparks. <laughs> we need each other to get sharp. We need one another to walk through these seasons. You know, and, and, and it's okay. People think once you sign up with, with the kingdom, there's no more problems and no more issues, and we live happily ever after. That's not the case if you haven't figured that out yet. So anyway, the next season, it's called the waiting season. And this is where I feel like a lot of people are at right now. This is where God had put me at this year, actually this year. So um, Psalms 37.7 says, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Psalms 37, 7. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Waiting's not easy. We, we know from the story of Joseph in Exodus that, that God uh, leverages waiting seasons for his glory and for our good. Excuse me. We know that Abraham's story in Genesis that waiting uh, might last for a very long time. You know, and God, uh, God told me in 1980 that I was going to be like Abraham. I'm like, yay, great. <laughs> so you know if you know the story so we also know from hannah's story uh that pouring your heart out to god and waiting on him is totally worth it she prayed in the temple she prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and she got to see you know the the messiah in your season of waiting trust that god is pruning you 
He's chiseling away what's not needed in the next season. You know, and this is another thing. We can't drag everything with us into the next season. Some stuff we have to learn how to let go of it. I was laughing. I call my garage the tunnel of death. You know, it's, it's to the ceilings. It's so full of stuff. And God's like, get rid of it all. I'm like, I don't know how. I don't know. And I'm, I'm not sure what to do right now. And I don't know what to get rid of. And what do I need? You know, and, and all this stuff. And he's like, Lord, just say, get rid of it. Some of us need to get rid of our stuff. <laughs> it's just holding you back and holding you down. He's making you ready. You know, he's, he's getting you ready for this next place, and, and it's going to be powerful. But if you're dragging all this stuff with you, you're not going to get there. You're going to be hindered. You're going to be held back. You're going to be held up. It's just not good. So he's making you ready for this. So let him work however long it takes in you in this, in this stuff. For, uh, you know, for God, the goal of this season, of this waiting season, it's not that you should learn, uh, uh, that, I should, that I should learn my lesson so that I don't have to wait anymore. It, that's not the whole thing. It's not, that's not, we think that's the lesson so we don't have to ever wait again. I got through that season, I'm not going to have to do that again. No, it's, it's, God wants us to be there. God wants, to, wants me to learn how to wait so that I can wait well, even in my, if my waiting continues for the rest of my life. I've made a statement and a confession and a declaration out of my mouth for years, not realizing, realizing I was doing it with the house of prayer. Because I said, I kept saying, well, maybe God's just raising this generation, me, up, and we're supposed to hold the ground till the next one actually rises up and begins to birth this thing. And I kept saying that everywhere I got, and when I, I realized what I was saying, I'm like, you know, I'm like, wait a minute, Lord, I want to be part of that. I don't want to be the guy that just holds the ground. I want to take the ground, build the building, and be in it. You know, I want to do it all, you know, and, but maybe we're not. Maybe we need to start looking at things a little bit generationally. God does. You know, one does this, this one does this, this one does this, but we all have our part, and we all have a, a reward, that, the same rewards, because we were faithful to, to our part of the, the, the process. You know, some, here in this church, you guys are building something. Something's taking place. That word was powerful that Brother Jesse shared and, 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 the, and the vision I saw, and it was, it was so much more I can't even put into words, but it was like God's preparing you to release something to the rest of the nation. So the prayers, I think, should be, God, what do you want to release out of here? What's our vision? What's our, what's our thing? You already have your vision, I'm sure, but what's our thing that needs to go out? What, are, what do we begin to focus on? What's the next step? What's the next focus here, God? You know, sometimes we just get content in our little groups and our little fellowships and things like that. Just, and we're happy, and as long as everything's going good, we think it's all okay. But then God comes in and starts messing that all up. I remember a few years ago, quite a few years ago, when Holy Spirit hit this place. We were talking about that. And I mean, did it not mess up some folks? <laughs> yeah, it changed some things. You know, and, and that's what God does when he comes in. He changes some things. So we want to keep moving with that change and moving with the cloud, if you will, and keep going. Don't get mad. Don't get frustrated. And like, well, it's not the same anymore. And something's just different now. And yeah, because you're still stuck over here with your junk in your garage, your tunnel of death. <laughs> let it all go. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. <laughs> if I hear that song one more time, my grandchildren. <laughs> 
I have a one of those that loves that song. Anyway, <laughs> some of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Psalms 5, 3 says, Each morning I will bring my request to you and wait expectantly. Are we waiting expectantly? See, that's the waiting, what we're supposed to be doing. Not complaining, but expecting. Keep believing. Every day, is this the day? Is today, God, what you're going to do? Is today the plan? And, you know, what are you going to do? You know, it's that kind of thing. So, so we got to get some faith mixed in with all this. God is listening and knows exactly where you are. Hang in there. God has not forgotten you. The next season is called the busy season. This is a season that, uh, you know, I, I don't have enough time to get everything done kind of thing. <laughs> You know, and been, been there many times. So, but business is, be, is becoming, a, a, a business is becoming this real value in the modern American culture. And it is, is, is not something Christians uh, should really chase after. Now, I want to f- say more about that. I'm not saying we shouldn't. Okay, what we do is we chase, because I believe he's moving in the marketplace. He's moving in business. But we have to be chasing God and presence in the marketplace. And then he blesses the business. But most people, a lot of the Christians I see, they're actually not going after God. They're going after business, money, whatever else is with that whole business arena. See, if we put God first in that, it's going to be a whole different mentality. So now we're building kingdom businesses according to God's plan, and God can bless and breathe on that. Because I see him moving very heavily on businesses right now. Because I believe he's raising up uh, a bunch of kings who know what they're supposed to be doing with finances. And it's for kingdom purposes. Because I see these, these pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists in the marketplace and, and businesses no different than I do the pastor, prophet, teacher, evangelist in the church. And everybody always wants to be in the church as the pastor or the evangelist or whatever. And, and sometimes a lot of the pastors want to be in business because, you know, of various reasons. You know, but it's like, well, if you do, then maybe you're a pastor to that, to the business, to the marketplace. Is that making sense? So because it's like you want to be in the right place because God's going to use all of this and those gifts and callings and anointings. He needs prophets in the marketplace. He needs you to be, uh, you know, obedient and faithful to the call that's on you. So chase after him, chase after presence, go after this and put him first, and then you're going to see the whole business thing flourish. But if you start seeking business and everything else, it might be a distraction from the the real purpose, the real reason. We have to understand that we are from a different kingdom. Uh, If you find yourself in a busy season, chase after God. Stay God-focused. Don't get out of that place. The key to succeeding in this time is seeking God for direction the moment you, your feet hit the floor in the morning. You recognize and organize what, what needs to get done, but then plow through those priorities. You know, Don't let those priorities and all that stuff begin to weigh you down. Attack your priorities first. Uh, it will help you uh, to alleviate undue stress. You know, and we, again, take it to the Lord, take it to the Lord, take it to the Lord. Psalms 95, 4 says, in his hand, we are the depth, in his hands are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. See, the earth is the Lord's. It's all his. So we might as well just get his heart on what he's saying in the business world, in the government, in the uh, church world, in all of it. So the whole world does not rest in your hands. It rests in God's hands. 
business people, I've owned businesses, I get it. You're just carrying burdens and weights and like, oh my gosh, it's all, you know, it's all on you. No, it's not. We have that privilege and honor and blessing as a believer to not have to carry that burden. What if you actually relaxed and enjoyed your business that God's giving you and sit back and, and, and just, wow, this is so incredible, God. I'm not saying, not, I'm not saying to do nothing because you can't do that or you won't have a business, you know, and God knows that. But I think our, our, our thoughts have to change in that, in the busyness. Um, the, uh, pace yourself and your tasks. Breathe, pray, take a lunch break. <laughs> and, and this isn't just about business. This is about the busy season we're talking about right now. It might not be business at all. You might just be caught up in ministry and everything else that's going on in your life. Take a lunch break. Take a minute. Go sit by the river. Go do something so you, you got to breathe once in a while. Otherwise, you'll just go crazy. You know, then carry on uh, in, in, you know, in, in the, the grind and the press. Uh, you know, do it with the strength that God gives you from those moments. we got to learn to wait on God. See, there, see we go back to this, the waiting scripture in this. He's going to give you the strength, the, the, the wings. You're going to run. You're going to be able to fly. You're going to be able to do what you need to do. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in well-doing, for in the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And, and, and we've seen these scriptures, heard these scriptures our whole life, but I don't know, God was just breathing fresh life into me about some of this. I mean, maybe because I've gone through just about every one of these seasons, it seems like every so many months. You know, it's like, it's like acceleration. Psalms 90, 17 says, May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of, your hand, of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And I never saw this before, but establish the work of our hands for us. That's, think about that. We think we're doing it. <laughs> no, he's doing it through your hands, through you. You know, he says everything we put our hands to is blessed. Well, why? Because he's doing it in us. I hope, I hope you hear that. Psalms 34, 17 says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The next one is the test and trial season. And we don't want to hear about that one, but we're going <laughs> to. Because we all go through that one. <laughs> so fix your eyes on Jesus again. It's all going back to Jesus. Always keeping your eyes on him, on the word, prayer, moments, take a breath, that kind of thing. You know, he is the God who understands every temptation. And we forget that, I think, sometimes. He understands suffering and pain. He understands your weakness. Because he came here and, and, and he, through Jesus, and, and he, he knows, he knows. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. James 1, 5, If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 19 says, For our light and our momentary troubles are, achieve, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. So fix your eyes on Jesus when you're in this crazy test and trial season and, and you don't know what's going on and, and, and you just start counting it all joy. I remember when God gave me a revelation of that whole scripture about counting it all joy when you fall into various trials because they're working patience and all this good stuff in us. And I wasn't seeing it that way. And it's like, but it's like, 
I just started to have to laugh because it's like things would start. I could see it coming. The troubles were coming. All the issues were coming. And God's just counted all joy. This old saint, he said, uh, one time he said, he said, every time you get, you know, uh, he just get, get bump, bump, bump. He kept, he kept getting bumped. He says, joy, joy, joy. He would just say, joy, joy, joy. He, you know, he says, every time you get bump, 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 I just say, joy, joy, joy. <laughs> That's how he said it. <laughs> I never forgot that. <laughs> I was really young when I heard that. And I thought, that, man, we all need that. Some of us need to start decreeing joy over ourselves. You know, and not the fake stuff, the real joy, the real strength. You know, I, I'm, I'm in camps right now around a few people, and they, I'm just going to go here for a minute, but this laughing and fake joy stuff, I want to puke. I'm so sick of it. It's like that when the real joy of the Lord comes into a meeting and laughter and all these things, they never, ever recognize it. They're offended at those meetings usually. And they leave. I've had people leave our ministry when the Holy Spirit really comes in with joy. These are the same ones that are walking up to you, oh, 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 poking you in the belly, trying to make you laugh. I says, get away from me. Don't touch me. I don't want your hooby-joobies. <laughs> so, we got we to have some discernment in this hour. You know, <laughs> okay, that's over. Next, <laughs> spiritual warfare season. <laughs> And we kind of came out of that, but we're kind of moving in and out of that one off and on here. If you, if you are being spiritually attacked, you are doing something right. I mean, I heard that all my life, and then I didn't believe it for a while. But I really believe that because why is the devil going to... He's not going after most Christians that aren't doing anything. He's only going after the ones who are doing something. You know, because he's trying to shut you down. He's trying to confuse you. He's trying to make you give up and quit. But don't. Don't quit. Whether or not you're currently uh, walking faithfully, the enemy will engage warfare against you. You know, it, and it comes, it just comes with being a Christian. Don't be afraid. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You can overcome all this stuff. And I mean, I've been at this again long enough now. I'm starting to see when the enemy comes with these things. And I'm just like, oh, no, you are not. You know, and, and you're not going to do this to me this time. Get out of here. You know, and just start speaking to the enemy. Get out of your house. Get out of your stuff. You know, and, and, and God fights for us. You know, and, and you're his. You belong to him. He paid and bought for you with his own, bought you with his own blood. So you belong to God. The devil can't touch this. <laughs> Ephesians 6, 12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Ephesians, um, continue on, verse, or, I'm sorry, 6, 13 through 12, or 17 says, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the days of evil come, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand. Now we've heard this a million times. Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet uh, fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you, are, you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the word of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, we've all been through the thing where we put on the belts and all these things and we do little actions and motions, but we're actually supposed to be putting on the revelation and understanding of each one of these things. So this is where we need to dig into the word to find out what does the belt of truth really mean? What is the truth that we're supposed to be putting on? 
Well, the truth is you're an overcomer. The truth is you're victorious. The truth is Jesus' blood is enough. See, those are the things we're supposed to be putting on. You know, the breastplate of righteousness, you know, and, and go into and study each one of these words. And then that's what you're supposed to be putting on, not just, well, I'm putting on the belt and I'm putting on the breastplate. You don't even know what you're saying. I did that for a long time. You know, we were taught that in youth group, you know, things like that. But get the revelation of each one of these words. Take up the shield of faith. What does that look like? Well, you believe what God says over the lies of the enemy and the circumstances. And you're going to stand in faith and you're going to believe God above everything else. You know, and let him do this and watch what he does. These are our real weapons. And then the final one is the happy or joyful season. We don't get to be there very often, it feels like. <laughs> but I think we're supposed to live there more, okay? So, and I think all these are inter intertwining, and, and so you can be in two or three seasons at once, it's, and it gets really crazy. But it all seems to come back to, you know, let me just read James 5.13 first. It says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Be thankful. Enjoy, enjoy rest. Learn to rest. You know, and, and learn to be at peace. Learn to be joyful with the Lord and what his concept looks like of all this. When I, I graduated from Rama uh, in uh, Kenneth Hagin's school, and um, I remember in our, he was alive back when I went there, and um, he, it was our second year, and he was saying, he was, he was in his backyard, and he was in a swimming pool, and he started to have a heart attack. And he said, he said the Lord says, I'm going to take you home I'm going to bring you home if you don't deal with these three things in your life. And one of them was he couldn't eat hamburgers for a year or something like that. I don't know what that was about. You know, but uh, he, the, the, one, the, other one I the main one I remember was he said, if you don't learn to rest, I'm going to bring you home. He goes, he had no clue how to do this. So that sent me on a journey of how, Lord, do you rest in all the busyness, the craziness, the warfare, all these things? Because it's, it's again, Christ in us. It's him fighting through us, him doing the battle, and we just get to execute the judgments written. We just get to say, hey, this is what the word says. This is what the word says. This is what the word says. And we put that out there, and that's, our, that's some of our warfare. And then we can be joyful and at peace because God's got us. God's sword is fighting the enemy for us with his own hand. And all we got to do is decree it, declare it, believe it, stand on it, get some faith with it. And it's not, it's, it's, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. It's really a hard thing to learn all of this and to get this. But like I said, I've been at this long enough now that I'm starting to, starting to I'm learning how to rest. I'm learning how to be in peace. I'm learning how to not get so stressed over everything. Some things, you know, you got to know which battle to choose, which battle to be involved in. Some of them just don't matter. Some of us, we love drama so much, we're creating battles. We're creating problems and things. We got to get free from some of that mess, you know, and it's like, and, and just let God be God in our life. And what if you wait for 40 years and the promise he told you doesn't come yet, you know, and you, it's your time to go home and you didn't fulfill it. What happens then? Nothing. You get to go be in the presence of the Lord. You were believing and it, just because it didn't happen doesn't mean anything. As long as you did everything God said, I think. And I'm not talking works here. Okay, let's not go there. But I'm saying, like, because God showed me this years ago, and I went again, and I've, I've seen it several seasons in my life where 
he had to literally remove, remove me from a situation because I had done everything he said, and he's bound to his own word, so he had to bless me. He had to bless me to move me forward. The group I was with refused to obey God. They were rebellious. They wouldn't listen. And so a lot of their lives have fell apart, some of these different places, and some aren't even walking with the Lord. Some have died, all kinds of crazy stuff, and they never fulfilled the vision of that city or that area. But I had to move on into the next place and do what God told me to do. I hope that makes sense because God's looking at things very differently than we look at things. And I'm just seeing some stuff now. I'm seeing all this. That It's like he's going to bless you if you're faithful. So when I stand before the Lord, I say, Lord, I tried to build a house of prayer in this town. I tried to do a ministry here. I tried to do that there. I tried to do everything you said. And, and I had a pastor actually come to me and said, you know, God has to bless you and move you on because you've been, you, I've never seen somebody more faithful to something. He says, and you were literally in the midst of a rebellious house. And God gives me the scripture. I think it's in Ezekiel or a, wherever it is about uh, dig through the wall in the middle of the day and move your stuff out in their sight. Yeah, I, and, and I had to do that. You know, and show them because they're, and, he said, and it goes on to say, because they're a rebellious house. And so I had to say, somehow stay in joy, somehow stay in peace, somehow stay connected to God through all of this while everything in my life is being torn apart. You know, and it, and it's, and it wasn't easy. You know, and, and I've seen this throughout my whole life now. And, and, but what happened here with this, I want to finish this up. What happened with this was, it was so I'm faithful to the Lord. And what he got, God started showing was, he said, listen, when you stand before me, you've obeyed me and done what you, I'm going to hold these ones accountable because they did not do what I told them. This particular ministry, this business, this house of prayer, whatever it was, didn't get built because their disobedience. Because they wouldn't commit to, to coming to the meetings and doing, leading the meetings. You have musicians sitting there that won't, singers that won't sing, musicians that won't play, you know, and they're gifted, you know, and I don't know what they're waiting for. No record deals were coming, you know, that I saw, you know. <laughs> well, now who knows what it is? <laughs> USBs, I don't know what they're doing nowadays. So I still have CDs, so. <laughs> but, you know, it's like get obedient, get obey the Lord, do what he's calling you to do. And I'm saying all this because you got to find out what season you're in here, in this place, in your personal life, because the church might be in a different season than you're in. So don't sit there and think they're judging you or they're criticizing you or they don't love me or whatever we say, because they might be in a season of warfare, but you're in a season of joy. They might be in a season of some other, it's, it can be the exact opposites. And I've seen this over and over again. But realize, recognize the season you're in and all try to work together. Keep striving for the unity. Keep fighting in the faith. Keep believing God for the vision. Keep, don't give up. Don't lose sight. Don't lose hope. That word that we just, got, we just heard about, if God's going to take this to the nation, what is this that he's taking to the nation from here? What are you all carrying that the rest of the nation needs? I can see a few things that I see here. You know, and, and the one of the things he said about the family thing, you guys have this family thing. It's beautiful, the unity and the family that you guys got going here. Most ministries do not have this. Very, I don't know, I don't, I don't really know of any that do other, other than this place. In all seriousness. And you guys may, might not even know what I'm talking about right now. Because <laughs> it's just, you do life. Most places don't do life. They're striving, they're, they're, they're fighting, they're, everyone's wanting a position and titles and this and that and stuff like that. And I just see you guys coming together and loving Jesus. 
And I think it's how it's supposed to be. We're not supposed to be striving and all this stuff. You know, I think there's a lot of wisdom here in this place. I think God's gifted a lot of you as teachers, and, and, and there's anointings on you. You haven't, haven't even come forth yet, but they're going to, and that's getting into the presence of God. Keep praying. Keep seeking God. Before you know it, it's just going gonna, gonna to come. It's going to all start coming together. So I won't go too far, much further into that. But um, don't try to force or push anything during these seasons. Don't try to try to get yourself out of it. Just try to ask, invite God into it and say, Lord, help me walk through this. Be with me. Just invite the Holy Spirit in to walk with you and lean on him so heavily. I woke up, I think it was yesterday morning, and I went in the bathroom, and I haven't thought of this song in probably 30 years um, it was like, and I just started singing it out of my mouth as I'm getting ready to take a shower. It's like, learning to lean, learning to lean. I'm learning to lean on Jesus. I forget the rest of the words now, but anyway. <laughs> Anyone remember that song? Yeah, it was such a powerful song. And I thought, wow, Lord, what are you saying? Lean on me. So me being musical, lean on me. You know, I've always got a song going in my head. You know? Okay, Lord, I'm leaning, I'm leaning. Where are we going today? What are we doing? You know, and that's how we should look at it every day and just see what God's going to do with you. And you're going to find yourself with a lot more joy, a lot more peace, a lot less striving, and people might not like you because you're that. <laughs> and the bag of chips, you're all of it. Because you know, like, you're learning to walk in peace. You're learning to walk in joy. And you're not letting things get to you. And you might be in a really hard place right now, a really dark place in, in, in the season. But, and, and that doesn't mean you have to be laughing and joyful. Be, be where you're at and get what you're getting in that season. You know, cry if you have to cry. Ball and squall with Jesus. I do it all the time. There's nothing wrong with that. But you can't stay there. I mean, because I, I, I've seen people get to, they just keep going and going and going until a spirit of grief comes on them. Then they get, you know, oppressed and possessed and everything else. And then they need deliverance because they open themselves up to this stuff. I've went through some incredibly horrible times in my life. And, and this, these different things, I knew they were spirits, would try to come on me. And I just would somehow, by the Holy Spirit, worship God, focus on God. I might be in, I was in a meeting one time and, and, I think two other people literally saw a spirit of grief come off of me. I saw it leave. I knew it had come off. And I instantly changed the heaviness that was on me. I didn't know what it was at first. I didn't realize it was grief. So, because I, you know, I'd lost a lot of family members over the last several years and just a lot of things were going on, you know. And so sometimes you start internalizing and taking this stuff in and it'll kill you. God wants us to give it all to him. And that's the biggest takeaway from all these seasons. Learn how to give it to him. Learn how to walk through the season and count it all joy. Because it's working something so deep in us. And, and, and we just think, yeah, yeah, I've heard this, I know this. No, we don't. If you're saying that, you don't. I'm telling you, you don't. That's called pride, and that's not a teachable heart. <laughs> so we've got, to, we've got to be teachable. We've got to say, okay, Lord, what did I not get through the last 15 you know, warfare seasons or this season or that season because it will recycle around so you can see how far you've come. And it'll come around to the point where, you know, you just start like, you, I, I'm laughing at some things now that I would have never been able to laugh at before. And I'm just thinking, wow, that's not going to work, devil. Don't even try it. And it just goes away. It don't even come in. It's like, ooh, I'm afraid. He knows. He sees us. I've actually heard that in the spirit from some spirit trying to come on me and at me. 
Do you see what I'm saying? God wants us to have victory. Amen? So that's where I believe we're going, and that's what I wanted to share this morning, the word I have. So can we pray together and just... So, Lord, I just thank you so much, Lord, for the, the different seasons and the different places that you've brought us into and brought us through. Lord, we're here today because you brought us through some things. And, Father, we, you, you are building such an incredible thing here, God, and we don't ever want to lose sight of that. And, Lord, whatever that looks like to go out to the nation, Lord, I pray that you would begin to speak to the, everyone in this place, God, of their part, uh, of where they're at, how they fit, how it works together. And, God, that everyone would be able to, to um, just be excited about this and work together, Lord. Like, We've talked jokingly through the years about the triangle player in the orchestra who waits for the moment to hit that triangle. Some of us are the triangle players, but we need that moment and that sound. And our part might just be that. And our whole life is spent preparing for that moment. So Lord, help us get ready for our moments and the moments that you have for us. And we want to lean on you this morning. We want to trust in you. God, wherever everyone is at in this room, Lord, I pray that your presence would begin to just, just envelop them and fill them and, and overtake them right now. Lord, and that you would just, they would begin to experience you like they've never experienced you before. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done right here, right now in us. Lord, let us see with the eyes of, of, of heaven and what it looks like as we gain victory in these different areas. Even in, the, even in a season of joy, what does that look like, God? How are we supposed to act during that season? All these things, God, show us, lead us, direct us. Holy Spirit, come. We're asking you to come and speak to everyone in this room this morning. We want to have a, just this, this moment of you, you and me, speaking to my heart. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. You are welcome in this place. I pray that you break off every heavy spirit that anyone's walking in right now. Lord, and just encourage them. Let them experience your love and kindness and mercy and when they're in these, these heavier, darker places. Lord, let them experience your presence. Let them experience your love. Let them, thank you, Jesus. A communication they've never had before with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we're going to take your word, Father, at, at, at just what it says today. As we go out, we're going to go out with joy. We're going to be led forth with peace. Lord, I just release peace and joy over everyone in this room that they would take it into their homes, into their jobs, their businesses, their schools, the neighborhoods, Lord, everywhere they go, that we go out with joy and peace today. In Jesus' name, amen. Something happened on Facebook that just kind of blew me out of the waters. <laughs> An old friend of mine from when I was growing up, she actually was my brother's ex-wife, but we were best friends when we were young. And just out of the blue, she messages me and says, 
I really need a friend right now. I really need a friend. And, you know, we were best friends then. And over the years, you know, we said hello or, you know, <laughs> and kind of like, Lord, what do I do with this? <laughs> and so I sent her a few things and I was like, I don't know if I'm saying the right thing. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. And I sent her some scriptures and, and I said a couple things. And at first I thought she kind of got offended with what I was sending her. And, and she had told me <laughs> 41 years ago when she was 14 years old, she had an abortion with my brother's child. And I never knew this. <laughs> and then a couple years later, she had another abortion. I never knew this. <laughs> it's 41 years she's been carrying this inside her, and it's been eating her alive. And she's, I never knew this. And she's just so heavy burdened and struggling. You look on Facebook, and she'll put these posts about God, and you think she's great, you know? <laughs> I'm telling you this because. We need to open our eyes. We need to open our hearts to what's going on out there that we can't see. We see and we have these thoughts and, you know, but people really need us. And not only her, then yesterday I, on Facebook, I see another relative of mine is saying, please pray for me. Please pray for me. I'm so lost right now. And another person who thought she was close to the Lord but back to this first girl, um, so I sent her some scriptures, and I think somebody else sent her some scriptures too. But why I'm telling you this is because I sent her, I can't even think my, my mind's so messed up right now, but I can't think. I sent her one of the songs that we sang last week from here, and it captured her heart. <laughs> she was just like, thank you, thank you for sending me that. And then a couple days later, I mean, she had sent me some other things, you know, that and she put on Facebook. I was able to lay down after 41 years this pain I've been carrying, and I give my life to Christ, and he's gonna, he has set me free, and I am able to live, and she put all this stuff on there. <laughs> so after 41 years. <laughs> so you said at the beginning of touching nations from this church, 